Welcome to What Are The Odds, uh, Summer Editions, the all-sports versions, and we had a crack last week, we had a crack at all the balls and all the sports, and we probably shouldn't have. Yeah, no, we are pretty ordinary, weren't we? We were, we were average. We yeah. were as average as the teams we picked. NFL is hard at the moment. It's, it's, it's silly. It's not hard, it's silly. Yep, and the uh, A-League, probably you need to be careful because there's obviously three different results that can happen, so... Even though Just in case you didn't realise, ladies and gentlemen, yes, you've come to this podcast for expert analysis and uh, you know groundbreaking statistical breakdowns. And Baz has just told you that a game of round ball football can have three results. Oh, obviously, I would have known that. I knew that, but it keeps pissing me off when you pick a team to win and as a draw. Well, just go draw no bet. Oh, draw! We'll draw a win, the double chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Look, I'm probably going to head that way eventually. Use your noggin, mate. Sacrifice 50 cents and use your noggin. No. But anyway, we'll break it down. So I'm, I'm liking the NFL season. I'm just not like not liking not winning. Yeah. But that uh, Friday night, Friday afternoon game was silly. The Chiefs in Oakland. Yeah. Just because obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of either, either team, but when you have a bit of money on, you really start rooting hard for your team, especially when there's five seconds on the clock. And you're up by five points. And they give away, th- was it three fouls? It was four fouls in a row. They had three uh, unlimited time downs to finally get a touchdown. And Derek Carr finally got it done about, you know, three and a half hours in- into this extra time period. And 400 flags later, overshot the first three attempts. It was it was a complete debacle. And I made a mess of myself in the office because everyone's like, you're all right, man. I'm like, no, I'm not. I've just witnessed... I've been robbed. I've been daylight robbed. Call the police. I found it pretty ironic because you've been bashing Smith a bit in the Chiefs. So when they let you down, I thought it was kind of funny, but I was also a bit annoyed as well because it... You were backing him as well. Just meant my multi was dead. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we rolled on to another person that's going to let us down time and time again. Carolina. Carolina and Mr. Cam Newton. And he needs to check himself. Before he wrecks himself, because he's he's doing, doing himself a mischief here. I think Sully and myself have uh, jinxed Carolina. We declared him a couple of weeks ago <laughs> the value bet of their division and their conference, and thought they could probably go all the way, if not, you know, win the win that side of the league. But since then, they've lost two games they should have won, and they've been putrid. Yeah, three points against the Bears. The yep. Bears. Yep. The Chicago Bears. Yeah, that they, 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 I can't, I can't even begin to break that game down because it was absolute filth. Do you know how many completed passes the Bears had? Trubisky made. Yeah, four. Four. Yeah. He threw for four completions. Yeah. So what a running game. And they won by fourteen points. Yep. It's silly. The NFL is silly, but we did have a win with my the Big Ben. The Big Ben's back. I'm going L and Big Ben. Well, Big Ben all the way. Sully said that they jump off him, so I didn't jump off him. Jump, don't jump off him, mate. And they're, they're looking pretty good now. They've got the North wrapped up. AFC North to theirs. Ooh. It's all theirs. Uh, well, it's, it's a but good yeah, thing. they beat the Bengals, but yeah. like, who cares? But they, they're, they're on the improve. Yep. No, they, they're going all right. It's better from, than three weeks ago when Big Ben threw five interceptions. And yeah, I think that was good for Big Ben. Gave him that little... He needs a little sucky story once a year. 
Yeah. Oh, everyone's picking on me. I'm Big Ben. Oh, I've got a little droopy face. Mm. And now he's had that out of the system, and now he's ready to just keep building, keep building, keep building, and eventually by the time it comes to playoffs, he'll be smashing it. So that's that's they're my value bet. Yeah. If you go now, otherwise there'll be no value. Yeah, well, we had them early. We had them at the start of the season, Pittsburgh and Houston, and they're both travelling okay. So Green Bay obviously died with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I'm still. Still hoping that Carolina can pull through. Yeah, I'd, I would, I'd be not going anywhere near Carolina for at least a couple of more weeks. But uh, we've failed in the pigskin, but on the track, we're having an all right run. Well, I'm going to say we, I mean, mostly you, because well, I'm just here for, the, here for the ride when it comes to this stuff. Well, it's, it's spring carnival, so I've been you know, posting a couple of tips when the race days are on, like you know, Geelong. Yesterday had the winner of the John Cup and a couple of second placings that played over two bucks to place. Uh, last Saturday was a little bit ordinary. Samavero ran second, just uh, couldn't last the trip. And Furyk came home and won. And I gave you the 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 Quinella and the duets and the trifecta and that as well. So I worked it out afterwards. If you for one hundred percent, so for one dollar, yeah. so your, your duets you would have outlaid twelve dollars. You would have got back. Close to thirty, uh, the Quinella would have costed you six dollars. You would have got back just over twenty. Uh, the trifecta would have cost you six dollars. You would have got hundred and forty odd, hundred and forty nine, I think it was. Yeah. And Furyk won at four dollars eighty, so it would have covered your day well and truly. Well and truly, including the Uber home and a couple of beers he mates as well. Yeah. So. so yeah, you would have outlaid something like something like forty. Uh, dollars to get you know over two, well over two hundred back if you for one unit so, and then yeah yesterday was a good day as well with uh, the winner of the Geelong Cup and uh, Crystal Fountain and Saint Troy Bow getting some sneaky places as well yeah, so, so yeah. happy happy days hopefully it leads into a good weekend and I haven't used up all my luck yesterday no nah, it's not luck makes skill when it comes to this you've, you've backed yourself in a couple of times and you're proving it you've actually got some modicum of uh, intelligence when it comes to horse racing so yeah well now we've built it up we're definitely uh, <laughs> shit we well uh speaking of the shit weekend the AFL trade period was on before we're gonna do a little breakdown of this yep. give a long range bets but it was a fairly boring affair until the last day. Yeah, we had a bit of a chat about this last we week. We did, and yeah. uh, so we'll break it down club by club, real rapid fire stuff because, you know, not much happened to be fairly fair. Yeah. But starting from the top, Adelaide, this, these guys probably did most of the damage, I reckon. Yeah. At first, I thought, you know, they gave up too much for Bryce Gibbs. Like, you know, did they really go in overs for that? But then you look at it and they actually went up in this year's draft four picks. They got they lost, yes they lost Jake Lever and Cameron but they also got in so next year they're, they're in uh, first, they got two first round picks again um, they got a second round pick from Carlton third round pick from Carlton and fourth so they got plenty of options next year's draft they also picked up Gibbs which they needed for that extra midfield depth uh, Sam Gibson I think even though he's a bit older he has played a lot of football 130 odd games straight he he will add that experience and you know I don't know if he'll start at the year but he will give him good cover. Yeah, they lose Lever, but you know he hasn't finished in the top ten in two years. You know, the money he's getting, they did, couldn't match and whatever. I'll be interested to see how he goes at Melbourne before I make a call. And I want to see how he goes. 
Charlie Cameron was one of those small forwards that can be a live wire, but again, he's not consistent. Yeah. And to get picked 12 for him is just unbelievable. So I think they've done it right. There was constant overs getting thrown around all trade period. Which shows you how much clubs are probably rating this year's draft. If they're happy to give up, say, a pick 2 or a 12 for a player of Cameron or Waller. Which is usually reserved, like reserved for, you know, absolute jets, yeah. not guys who have potential. So Yeah, I think that, yeah, they're not... Clubs aren't obviously sold on this year's draft, which we've been talking about all year as well. How big, how good next year's going to be compared to this year? Yeah. So uh, Brisbane, they did all right. Yeah, they got Hodge, which is good cover, good experience, and I think we talked about this a long time ago about Hodge maybe going somewhere else and offering that a bit like your um, McVeigh from Sydney sort of thing. And yeah, look, I, I think he'll play a good year. Won't play every game. Probably play twelve, fifteen games, but help out with their coaching. They get in Charlie Cameron. He'll be exciting to watch down four and help out Hipwood and the likes. They do have pick one, which will be obviously most pick ones are Jets. Uh, they've still got two other first-round picks, 15 and 18. They did lose Shaki, but from what I'm understanding, a lot of clubs interviewed him and just went, what the hell? Yeah. So that could go either way. And they lost Tom Rockcliffe, but really, you know, he, he's not going to be in the next premiership window. So, And he's... No, they would have had to have paid him a lot of money to keep him. So really, a pretty successful period for the old ones. Yeah, and they get they got pick eighteen for that as well. So they get another first rounder. So yeah, they're going to go all right with this year's draft with three first round picks. Yeah, they're going to have a lot more kids and be the lines again, really. But uh, yeah, hopefully they can hang on to them and you know have a good have a start building. I think Fagan's on the right path. He's definitely a good football person to have. The old trade whisperer. Yeah, he's done all right for the Blues. Yeah, pick three and pick ten this year they've got. So they also already had pick three. Uh, pretty sure they got pick ten for Bryce Gibbs. So I think that's overs for Bryce Gibbs, 29-year-old. Oh, I don't know. Like, if they win the flag, it's it's good. But yeah. pick ten's a pretty high price to pay for... Bryce Gibbs is a pretty good player. Yeah, but he's 29. Yeah. He's not going to get any better. See, I, don't, I totally do. He's not going to get any better, but he's not done, like... He's probably got two or three years. No, I totally disagree with this. And I'm going to mention this across all of our forums, really. But this whole ages thing when it comes to professional sport now. Yeah, but like, he's not, a, he's not look, an ablet. But like... He's not going to get the 35 and still be punching out 30 position games and stuff. You don't reckon? No. And I don't think he's versatile enough to go forward. Like, he's probably could go do a Goddard and go back and get the cheap kicks across half back. He's good enough by foot. But is that what Adelaide need? No, they need a midfield engine. And like I said, you probably give them two really good years. And if they nab a flag, then yes, it's worth it. But if they don't nab that flag, then... I just think in this era where, you know, everyone's been a professional since probably 16 in all, in all reality. Yeah. That the whole, like, you get to 30 and you're done thing is a fallacy now. Like, people will be playing well into their mid-30s from now on. Because just they've, they've been looking after their bodies more. They're trained better. And a lot of the time now, kids are getting actually kept out of sides until they're in... They're early to mid twenties anyway, yeah. so not actually playing that much footy before they get to thirty. So, yeah, I think he's got a bit more time. I'd say five years for Gibbs. Well, and, get, and if they get three out of him, they reckon it's I reckon ten's fair. Yeah, well, they picked up some midfield depth with Kennedy from uh, JWS and Lang. They picked up a couple of second round picks for next year, so they're really you know loaded up again for next year. Because I think losing the likes of um, Gibbs. And they really don't have a strong midfield now. Like they're going to rely heavily on Mark Murphy and a lot of young kids and Cripps if he when he comes back. back yeah. So you know, Cruz is a good ruckman and stuff, and they've got a really young emerging forward line, a young emerging back line. I still think they'll finish bottom three or four. 
So that helps next year. Like you know, mm. they're, they're going to have to be loaded up with picks in a really strong. There you draft. go. Baz's first hot take for the AFL 2018 season is Carlton are tanking. <laughs> they're not tanking. They're don't gonna, don't maybe say that. They're going to finish bottom three. They're already looking towards that draft. They are tanking. But I don't see Blues them. don't buy memberships. I don't see them winning more games than they did this year. There you go. Tanking. They are tanking. And I, yeah, they they're made, tanking. They, Speaking of tankers, the next club, Collingwood. Hang on, hang on. They made, they made <laughs> plays. For, they made did make plays for some serious um, senior like talent, like Rockcliffe and Devon Smith and stuff. But they missed out, so. They obviously knew that they had holes to cover and they haven't been able to cover them. So, so now they're tanking. Not tanking, but yeah, anyway. Uh, guys are just did nothing this trade period. Collingwood, what's going on there? Oh. There was a little video. They obviously felt a bit self-conscious about it because they released on collingwood.com.au, the magnificent website run by the AFL. Yeah. Your uh, list manager just came out and said, look, we're playing the long game. We're going to the draft. Yeah, well, we have This pooey draft. We we're going to go to this poo draft and see what we can get with... Um, Average picks. Obviously, we've got pick six, and obviously they've seen something they, and they, they like, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And I think we haven't gone to... I wrote an article for you guys... Oh, mid-year, yeah. Mid-year about Bucks and how we haven't gone to the draft for the last yeah. few years. And, so you picked pick the worst draft possible. Like I said, obviously, obviously they, they like something because they've gone there. Otherwise, yes. we probably would have given it up for someone. You know, there's players out there. But again, we don't have a lot of list spots and we don't have... A lot of salary cap space, so yeah, I think we're, we're kind of stuck as well. Yeah, so but, you're not tanking; you're just gonna be average. Nah, we'll be all right. We've, we've, we've nominated our father's son. We've got the other brown brother, yeah, Tyler. So that'll be good. It won't cost us much. We picked up Sam Murray, which we'll see what happens with that. Eh? Before yeah. we comment too much, but yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. See what happens. Fair enough. Uh, the bombers, bombers. They're, they're in my top three performers for this trade period. They absolutely killed it. And I have no idea how. Yeah. How? Why is anyone going to Essendon? Can, why are you going to Essendon? Because they can How are they going to Essendon? But you don't... Like, so people just don't care about winning? Oh, they care about winning. And obviously putting the right people in front of them and offering a bit more cash helps. Because they did... So the, from what I understand, Essendon didn't include in their pay of payments the 20% from the, the new yeah, EBA CBA, deal. Yeah. CBA deal, sorry. So... They had that extra bit of cash to float around and get these players in. They also had the picks to get them in. They had to do a little bit of swapping and stuff. But look, they got Ahmed Saar, which I don't know why. Could, like, he's a good player and stuff, but they've already got plenty of backline speed, like with McGrath. They can put Tipper back there, especially now they've got Devin Smith and Jake Stringer. Surely Tipper goes back. So. Oh, he's obviously being brought in for his uh, defensive hard efforts, old Ahmed Saar. Ahmed Saar, yeah, anyway. Obviously, now McGrath moves out up into the ball and on a wing, and notably, he's put his contract talks on hold as well, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Jake Stringer, well, we know what he can do. What he can do, he's the package man. But can he do it consistently? And he's, he's obviously got a few off field issues as well he needs to sort out. Yeah. And Devin Smith is another one, that, again, like full, has every ability and, uh, you know, he's a Toby Green sort of clone, mm. but consistency lacks in. And he's a bit of a... Bit of a Toby Green client. Yeah, a bit of a me, me, me sort of player as well. Yeah. The one thing, like, they did really well, and I, I like their chances of finishing the finals and all that stuff, but, yeah, and they probably opened up the premiership window, but they didn't get any inside mids or anything tough. I mean, we talked a lot about when we did footy forecasts, their lack of contested ball and, and willingness to get... They're a basketball team. Yeah, willingness to get tough and hard and tackle all that they stuff. They just go one way. Yeah. And that came back and bit them on the ass first final. They didn't address that. So, you know, 
The aim I'm, is obviously just to kick 200 points a game. Yeah. And say like... I'm not sold on them, to be honest. No, nah, neither am I. So, I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot, a lot before, so... But, but I'm maybe not sold Stringer comes out and proves everyone wrong and, you know, kicks 100 and... Oh, look, if he... Becomes a new Wayne Carey. He needs to be a midfielder. He needs to be at inside mid and burst away from packs. So, yeah, it was, it was to see what happens, but yeah. So, uh, everyone forgot about Fremantle this trade period. And uh, but then they just jagged pick two on the last day. So you can have Wilson. No worries, mate. We don't want him. They're one of the best. They did really well. They sneakily just nailed it. They got picks two and five. So they got two first rounders. And they haven't got anything to the third round or late second round, third round. They also picked up next year a uh, second round pick and a couple of later picks as well, which again for a strong draft is good. And they lost really nothing. I mean, they lost Harley Balick, Hayden Crozier, and Lockie Weller. Lockie Weller's going to be a good player, but pick two? Pick two. Pick two? Yeah, I don't know about that. And they gave up, you know... Sorry, they gave out second-round picks next year. Sorry, I'll make that up for Brandon Material and Nathan Wilson. So, look, they gave up, you know, nothing really and got back pick two and... Then pick up two pretty talented players. Like the top five are still me. Really yeah, yeah, players. yeah, definitely. And it's just it's very un Ross line like, which is super interesting. So obviously he's allowed his list manager to go go to the draft, which he doesn't like doing. And he doesn't really play kids, does he? he doesn't like. I don't know what going to do, but if they're Jets, he's going to have to play them. So I heard that Lockie Wells on eight hundred a year at Gold Coast. That's 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 nuts. If that's true, then that's just ridiculous. How? Oh, Ablett's left, I suppose. That frees up a bit of cash, but that was all front-loaded anyway. Yeah, so I don't know. Apparently, from what I understand, I heard on SEN that they, they offered him... He got offered a contract by Fremantle. Gold Coast came out and said, well, we'll give you five, yeah. four or five years, 800, 750 to 800 a year. And he went... And he said, you know what? I like the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's pretty sunny. Yeah, my mum and dad are moving back up there. I lived there my whole life, you know, yeah. three years. Yeah. I'm going back there. Well, why not? Anyway. Speaking of the Gold Coast, it's uh, an end of an era. End of an era? Yep, because uh, Geelong is bringing back their beloved son, Gary Ablett, yep. in what is probably the most ill-thought-out marketing over list management decisions ever made. Yeah, look, they really would want to win a flag, win a flag this year because otherwise... Yeah, it's going to be interesting because their list is just getting older. Yep. And they got rid of you know, they got rid of Darcy Lang, who's a 21-year-old midfielder who played some really good footy for them early in the year, came back and played a couple of decent finals. They got rid of Motlop, who was their best player in the finals. Best player in the finals. And yeah, he's inconsistent and he frustrates fans, but he's a pretty good player. And they lose a second-round pick next year. In comes Gary Ablett. They pick up a couple of second-round picks. Um, they pick up a few picks for next year but yeah they're and Daniel Menzel really hasn't been sorted yet um, it's kind of a weird one from them like they they back themselves to develop talent from within from you know all that stuff but top end talent's pretty hard to find when you don't have draft picks and yep. you can't trade them in so they've got a bit of west coast going about them at the moment what does that mean? well they're all old oh, okay. and they're slow yeah yeah, yeah. And Dangerfield, Salwood and Ablett are going to have to carry this team. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they can kick goals. Well, Ablett. He won't kick 60 goals in a season. Oh, this is a betting podcast. What, what would you put down on that? No. If, Another if, slab? If anything I a few can, more handscum slabs to add to that <laughs> the one? The only thing I can think of is Ablett goes into the midfielder and, and Dangerfield plays more forward. And he kicks 60. He could kick easy 60. 
Him and, and Hawkins. There's your goals. Him and Hawkins. But Job done. You've just solved the problem. I yeah. hope listening to this, Chris Scott, you've just solved your problem. Roll Ablin in the midfield. Danger plays out there as a full forward. Hawkins goes out and clunks the big ones, and uh, you win the flag next year. So, uh, <laughs> you know, have that for free, son. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gold Coast, they did it right. Did they? They did it all right. Well, then Lockie Weller, who's yeah. going to be a very good oh, player. He's worth pick number two, mate. Yeah. That's an absolute steal. Harrison Wick. Who is he? He couldn't get a game at Adelaide. Good player. He's probably... Uh, wouldn't have got the opportunities to play Adelaide just because of how strong their list is. Yeah. So he'll get an opportunity to play there and he might turn into a decent player. Aaron Young. Haven't Gold Coast got enough? Uh, Aaron Young's, yeah. You know, small forwards who kick goals and go missing in games. Yeah, sure. all Aaron Young's, yeah. Yeah, they got him pick 19 and late picks. They did pick up first round pick next year, which... So next year they've got a few academy players coming through. Um, so they picked up first round pick and a second round pick and a couple of second round picks next year. But out they lose Gary Ablett, which we've just spoken about. Brandon Matu, which is neither here or there. Ahmed Saad, I reckon, will be a loss. Yeah. Pick two for Lockie Weller, well, who knows? But they gave up a few second round picks as well, dealing the likes of Aaron Young and, and stuff like that. They, they did get us a, a youngster who wants to be there, which never happens for them. And they got Stewie Jew coaching. But geez, for a team who pretty much is on the rebuild, yeah, they don't have a early first round pick because they gave away pick two. It doesn't sound good, and I reckon they're as good as Stewie Jew is going to be next year for them, and as good as based on what? Just cause based on your love for yeah, Stewie Jew. Yeah. I, I reckon them and Kangaroos will be fighting out for bottom two. Oh, they can both get a Hobart. They can they can merge and both get a Hobart next yeah. year. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, anyway, so. Uh, the perennial bridesmaids, GWS. How are they looking? Do you reckon they're going through a mini rebuild? Oh, I reckon, yeah. They're losing a lot of, not death, because they got play, they're still picking up players from the first round each year. They just seem like a talent factory. Yeah. They just get players who get to about six years in the system and go, oh, I could stay here and have to fight really hard for my spot each week, or I could just nip off to any of the other 16 clubs yeah. and uh, just walk into their first 22. Well, that's still, what they do. They still got a couple of early picks. They got pick eleven and two other second rounders. Yeah, I don't. They got no academy players this year, really of note. Yeah, they lose Matthew Kennedy, who played pretty much every game from this year. I yeah. think Devin Smith, who had injuries but probably would have played most games. Nathan Williams is pretty. Uh, Nathan Wilson, sorry, is pretty important for them across half back. So that's three important outs. Yeah, and they didn't get rid of uh, Griffin or any of those boys. So. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting year for them next year. I think they could slide a little bit. I think they still finish top eight just because they've got so much talent. Yeah. But they've still got no blue-collared players and all what, that. What's that pass mark for Leon Cameron next year? Well, he has to play finals. Yeah, well, they're, going, they're going to do that, but what's the pass mark? Well, they've made the preliminary finals the last two years, so you'd think that they'd want to... Repeat that at least? Yeah, definitely. It's tough. I reckon he, if, if, if there was a market for first coach to be sacked... He's out there already. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. Leon Cameron is definitely up there yeah. with co- coaches to be sacked. Yeah. And I think Adam Simpson's not far behind him. Adam Simpson might even walk, I reckon, that. Yeah. yeah. He'd just be like, what is this list? Yeah. Why am I here? Exactly. Let's go. I'll go. Maybe they'll do a swap. Leon Cameron will go over to West Coast and they'll start trading coaches like in the NFL. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, speaking of coaches that may just walk out, Alistair Clarkson might just throw the might throw the toys out. 
They Jeff Kennett's back. Yeah. They don't get along. No, they don't. His list looks like utter poo. Yeah. Jaron Jarman Impey comes in. Oh. So awesome. Yep. What yep. an inclusion. Yep. And they got no picks to pick forty three thanks to the O'Meara yep. mutual deals last year. Yep. So they got two young good players and uh and Luke Hodge went to Brisbane. Surely yeah. he, he played good enough for you to play again next year. Well, but obviously the list manager was just like, sorry, mate, you're too old. We need to rebuild. And then they obviously said that. And Hodge was like, all right, cool. You weren't going to pay me anyway. That's fair enough. Yeah. Brisbane's on the phone. His mate Fagan's like, hey, I heard uh, I was talking to Clarko and he said he got given the flick. Yeah, mate, I got given the flick. How rude is that? Oh, come play with me for two more years. Oh, yeah, no worries. And then the list management just goes and looks at their picks and realizes they don't have a pick till pick 40 and they realize they've absolutely shat the bed. Yep. So they've done. They've shat the bed. Poos yeah. and weeds have shat the bed. It could be a long time back, a long way yeah. back for the Hawks. They won't make finals. Going back to the 60s. They won't make finals, but they'll still be around mid tail, I reckon, just because they've got some real, like Mitchell, Silk. Yeah. Ruffy, like those. Well, sort of, if yeah. Mitchell continues to get 50 touches, it's pretty hard to lose by 100 points. Yeah. Because he's got the pill half the time. So, you know. Correct. Uh, another team that's kind of shut the bed, I reckon, is Melbourne. Yeah. Look, give Watts. Up. Yeah, Watts. Is a big out. Yeah. And they're going to realise that this year. Yeah, I think so. Especially given they're still paying for most of his salary. And, yeah. Shout out to the Ox. Best lost- meltdown of the year. <laughs> they lost pick 10 as well. Obviously, got in Jake Lever, who. Is, you know, he's is, a downhill skiller though it'll be interesting to see how he goes when if things aren't going well at Melbourne yeah he's not going to roll up his non-sleeves so he won't get the luxury like at, at Adelaide he had Talia who used to lock down yeah and you had Kelly who locked down he's going to get some assignments and he had to he had the freedom of you know not really playing on anyone floats around but at Melbourne he doesn't get that freedom no so it'll be interesting to see what happens there uh, Harley Bellick or I yeah, he's a okay footballer. Couldn't get a game at Fremantle or shit. So no, he's injured though. Uh, still, I don't don't think he's going to be much to chop. Oh, I saw him play at the Dragons. I reckon he actually have a bit. Yeah, they got no first round pick. Obviously, they they've got late sec or mid 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 range second round picks. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I was I, I thought I was pretty obviously throughout the year. I, I, They're going to win the flag next year, mate. Yeah, I was on him. You're on tape now. I think this. This club could get with the Watts situation because he's very well liked. It could really uh, destroy the good one. Could be over before it started, and then they're they're fucked. Yeah. So, but not as fucked as this club. Oh, North Melbourne. They're cool. They're North Melbourne, Hobart, North Hobart Kangaroos. Oh yeah. Ship them off. Couldn't even get Darcy Lane. Couldn't even get. There's no one a, wants to go there. Why do you want to go there? Who was the other one that they tried to... Imagine sitting down in that pitch interview. Oh. So I'm really interested in you and Barrow. I want to come over and play at Arden Street. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get to it alone, you know. And, you, and like pricing in, in North Melbourne is really expensive. So like, yeah, you're going to pay you a good salary. All that will be wasted on tax and rent. Um, we play a lot of our games in Tassie. So yeah, you're just going to get real upset when you're not there for like weeks on end. Yeah. Um, no one really cares about us either, so we can't really get you much sponsorship or anything like that. There's no real third-party agreements we can do. Um, our team's not very good. Our coach is the, bet, is the worst of two twins. Um, There's not much going on for us, and our best play at the moment looks like a clown. Yeah. Um, Want to come <laughs> along and play? Like, well, I, I, that's the pitch, and I, everyone I, went, nah, sorry, mate. So Swallows pretty much didn't get delisted. They've pretty much said that. Uh, Thomas didn't get delisted. Sam Gibson went to Adelaide. He played every game this year. He's played 130th game straight. 
finished. I'm pretty sure he finished top ten in the best and fairest. He was like, nah, sorry, man. They're like, nah, you're gone. And I just don't see how they they get they're a moral for finishing Wooden Spoon. Yeah, an absolute moral. Because they got like they got they might not last a year. They yeah. found out just terrorists to them. Because <laughs> who have they got young young kids wise at stars? No one. Yeah, it just looks a long way back for me for them. The exact opposite is Port Adelaide, who's the next club up. They're my smoky for the Premier League oh, yeah, next definitely. year. Like, just on list alone, boom. So Rockcliffe goes forward and through the midfield, helps out Wingard and, and hopefully Robbie Gray when he gets back. And then you've got Stephen Motlop, who just floats around on a wing and does what he wants. And you've got Jack Watts, who will go forward and help out Charlie Dixon. Oh, hello. And they've got the young defenders who played pretty well in the uh, finals yeah. against West Coast and get another season. They've got Marshall, who's going to be a very, very good footballer as well, helping out down forward. And, yeah, they didn't lose much. Like, they, they lost Archie, but, you know, he only got a one-year deal at West Coast. Logan Austin, well, yeah, whatever. Uh, he, he did play the first 12 games, but then hurt his ankle. Impey was nothing much. Loeb was a, what we, what in American terms, uh, a salary cap dump. They just got rid of him to get rid of some space. Yeah. Trengove went to the doggies, yep. Good luck to him. Aaron Young was spoken about him. And yeah, they gave up a few picks early in the draft. But, you know, really, they're... Looking good. They're, yeah, well done. Well played, Paolo. Yeah. Hat tip to you. Top four lock. Yeah, easy, easy. No, but, seriously, you got to spare 20, put it on them for the premiership. Because they're, yeah, they play enough home games, they're a lock for top four. Yeah. One team that's not winning the Premiership based on their trade activity is uh, Richmond. And who cares? Because we fucking won the Premiership this year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Well, we did. We did nothing. We're too busy celebrating. Yeah. Everyone went with Dusty to LA and uh, we didn't care. Dust, no, one, we, no one was in the office. We didn't even turn up to trade week. People were going, I want to go to Richmond. I want to go to trade Richmond. They're like, oh, we can't. We couldn't get on the phone to anyone. We're too busy celebrating. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dusty Martin and Dane Swan Instagram. Twitter, oh, it's glorious. It's, it's good. Uh, if he, if, if I would, I would love to see a documentary of how how Dusty transitions from that lifestyle to making it back to be fit enough to partake in preseason. Yeah, well, we talked about this today at work. I was like, imagine if he came back like a liver last year. Yeah, but he uh, won't because he does it every year. He yeah, goes down yeah, it every year. Yeah, but so. a few of the boys said he's not that sort of person. Uh, yeah, so he's pretty. You know, he comes back and he just gets back into it. Yeah. It's, it's the only thing he knows. Yeah, as liver knows a lot of other shit. So yeah. Anyway, St Kilda. And, yeah, they didn't do much either. So they got in Logan Austin, who, you know, at the start of the last season was first 12, I think. I'm pretty sure he played the first 12 games to Port as a, as a defender, then hurt his ankle, didn't play again. They didn't really get anything in. They got two first-round picks, seven and eight, which I'm pretty sure they tried to upgrade, but nothing went through. So I'm pretty sure they, you know, they crack at Thompson didn't get anything done. I'm pretty sure they're just going straight back to the draft, try and get in a few, couple more young kids. They definitely probably need a few, few bigger bodies in the midfield, replace your Montagnas and your stuff like that. So help out Jack Stephen and the Billings and Seb Ross. So we just to see where the, how they go at the draft, whether they pick up anyone any good. But yeah, they didn't do much either. So yeah, no bottom bottom four. I reckon again next year probably. You reckon? You yeah, reckon they drop right back without Revolt. Well, without Revolt Montagna, they they carried them essentially. Yeah, and they rely heavily on Bruce and Memory, who now get one two defenders. Yeah. So yeah, McCartan as well. Whether he steps up, that's that's what they really need, I suppose. Yeah. 
Sydney did fuck all. They always... They never do much. No. They either do like a massive coup or they just go, no, you know what? We'll just be Sydney. Yeah. We'll somehow just jag this whole system. But next year, to me, they've got a couple of academy players, pretty sure next year. I think there's a few clubs like Geelong have uh, Brownless's son. Um, North Melbourne, Sydney have a couple of father's sons, but I'm pretty sure they're going to go to Sydney like Blakey. Um, and there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head. Gold Coast and GWS have a few. So there's going to be a lot of... There'll be a lot of pick swaps, I think, next mm. year to get the points. Yeah. A lot, a lot of bizarre fourth-round pick swaps for third-round yeah. pick swaps and whatever. West Coast are just continuing being West Coast, being really old, being really slow and doing not much to enhance their enhance their list. Yeah, they didn't pick up. I thought they would have tried to you know go up the draft order and really put up a few of their players for picks because you know they, they're not, they didn't do anything to improve their list. Yeah. And obviously, there's clubs that are probably not going to sell um, senior players this year. They'll do it next year because of the draft. But you would have thought they would have tried to get up. They did try and do a deal with Doggies to try and get up the draft order. But that, that fell through with, with Essendon as well. So, But anyway, they're going to go to the draft with pick 13 and 21-26. And they picked up Archie, but only gave him a one-year deal. So it was quite interesting how they did that. Yeah, why don't make a blow for welcome? Yeah, and they lost next year's first round pick. So, yeah, I, I don't know about that with the some pick swaps. It's pretty interesting. Like, why would you swap out next year's first round and third round pick to get in this year's? So, yeah, it's just, it was weird trade. Like, you want to be in the next year first yeah. round. So. Unless they've got a few aces up their sleeve next year, they think they might just get rid of Gaff and Shuey and a few others. Who knows? Who knows? And one we have no idea what's going on about is the Bulldogs. Yeah. They went from fairy tale to hangover, and now I think the house is on fire. I think it's all about to burn down again. Yeah, they, they paint a bit, I think, with jo- Josh Shakey. They might have... I mean, they didn't give up much for him, but... Obviously, a few delistings and retirements as well with Cloak and Cremieri. Got in Jackson Trengrove. Is he going to play Ruck or is he going to play defence? Well, they don't have a Ruck. They don't play Ruck. Yeah, so I'm interested to see where he slots in. And Hayden Crozier, they they were pretty keen on early and they got him. But, like, so I think they've ruined Tom Boyd by playing him Ruck and Ford. He just needs to play Ford. You play Shucky Ford. You have your little small blokes around him, which they've got. They need to play your rough head or your whether English plays or whatever they need to play a pro- top, top uh, Campbell they need to play a proper Ruckman and just adapt to Beveridge needs to get over his arrogance of hating Ruckman and just play like every other club does with a Ruckman because yeah. I don't think they're going to get any better and I, I fear they might slide again next year yeah I haven't slided them they're one of my big sliders I, it's, it's a sad story because yeah after the fairy tavern was like they've revolutionised football and they hadn't it was a bit of a blip they stole one. I kept on saying that. I'm a bit of a doggies basher, but when you turn up that kind of stuff and you just the treatment of Stringer, like yeah, the package has some packages on the side which aren't exactly helpful to the club or himself. But you don't go out. You know, part of a football club is meant to be protecting your own and looking after your own, and they definitely didn't show any of that. So. You, you think about it, they lost Boyd, Cloak, Camiri, Rob Murphy, and Jake Stringer. They're pretty. Apart from probably Cloak and Kramiri who have been injured and missed a bit of footy, like Boyd's pretty 
good player yeah. and was a good leader. Jake Stringer and Robert Murphy, like they're all pretty good players. So, you know, it's interesting. And West Coast have lost heaps. So they've, they've delisted a few and a few retired as well. So a few clubs will be going to the draft looking to really strengthen up. So based on that action, and obviously it's pre-draft, So, but draft picks in general don't really change your premiership credentials. Who's your long-range picks for the flag next year? The two Adelaide clubs are pretty pretty good, I reckon. Port and Adelaide. Um, and probably Sydney. Like, I don't think they do anything at the trade period, but... If they don't start the season 0-7 again, yeah. then uh, they should be sitting pretty. If they can keep their team together, which they already have, and stay pretty fit, I think they'll have a one last crack at it before a little mini rebuild goes on. Yeah. Which they're really good at. Yeah, definitely agree with that. But, yeah, mine, Port Adelaide... That's my little hot tip. I reckon chips in on port to win the flag next year. So after a super successful debut segment, over-unders, overreaction or underrated, going to give another go because it's it, the punters are liking it. We've got to give the people what they want. Okay. So, speaking of getting to give the people what they want, if you're not a, if you're a jockey, just delete all social media. Yeah. Because everyone is an armchair expert. Especially when you're a punter. Especially when you're a punter and you feel robbed. Yeah. And someone's been doing some daylight robbery, apparently. His name is Craig Williams, who, if you do your research, is a pretty good jockey. He's a very good jockey. He's a very good jockey. He's a very hard-working jockey. He's probably, you know, top five jockeys of our generation, probably. I wouldn't go that far. Top 10? Mm, possibly. Pretty good. He's pretty good. I've oversold him there. But anyway, the hot take here is whatever Craig Williams is riding during this spring carnival, stay away. No. Because he'll cook it. No, no. It's called being willowed. Yeah. Hashtag willowed. Hashtag willowed. So he'll generally ride a, a favourite and not have much luck or whatever. And the next race he'll win on a 10, 15 bucker and you'll be spewing and saying, I just got willowed. That's the that's the, the uh, trending on social media whenever that happens. Look, horse racing, sorry, is obviously about a lot of luck and they're animals. There's certain things that go wrong and, you know, you pl- have a bit of track bias or whatever. Even some people don't believe in that. The best horse always wins. You know, Winx has never been affected by track bias. But, yeah, look, he was a bit, a bit stiff and probably should have taken a gap on... I think you've been talking about uh, you've been thunderstruck yep. on yesterday at Geelong. Look, you might not have even seen it. Like, there's a lot going on. He's got, you know, fifteen or ten to fifteen horses around him that are five hundred plus kilos. He has to worry about the jockey next to him who's going to hurt him if he moves. There's so much going on, and I think yeah, people often I do it as well. Don't get it wrong, but I won't go on social media and abuse him. I'll sit there swearing for Adam for five minutes and say I'm never backing him again. But then you watch his rider on Fury Class weekend and that was just to perfection and he's done certain things like that before he's on Vega Magic on fire night and I'm pretty sure he's going to steer that one to victory so look I wouldn't wouldn't be jumping off him but, but if he ruins Vega Magic yeah oh, I'll be fuming get off him <laughs> I'll be fuming get right off him but Hayes Dabnick you know they're a pretty strong partnership at the moment he rides pretty much he's their number one rider pretty much so mm. you know they wouldn't have him on most of their Horses, horses, he was no good. Yeah. So to all you Twitterati warriors out there, either if you've jumped on a horse and you actually know what you're talking about, then fair enough. 
go off the rails. But yep. if you never jumped on a horse before and you're not a trained jockey, don't sit there and be like, oh, there was a gap, you should have moved across because it's bloody dangerous stuff. And just back these guys in because it is their job. They do it day in, day out, five days a week. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, they want to win races, but they also don't want to kill anyone or kill any horses, so... But I'll tell you what, if, if you are looking at jockeys to follow, Damien Lane is, is red hot at the moment, the young Western Australian. Jamie Carr in Adelaide, she should be get, like, there's some serious jockey talent out there and she should be getting better rides than what she's getting in Melbourne right now and in the carnivals because her strike rate in Adelaide is just ridiculous. I think it's something like around 20-something percent for wins and upwards of 60 for a place. And she travels everywhere and like, she's just a gun jockey, 21-year-old. And there's a few others that are around as well, like you know Jeff Lloyd up in up in uh, Queensland, you know Kira McAvoy generally rides in Sydney, Gun, um, and you got you know over in Perth you got Pike and uh, you know, the the Parnums and stuff like that. So there's lots of jockeys around that are just absolute jets, but you know they stay in their state and they don't get the, the ride these these days because of your likes of Williams and Oliver's and you know you got Marrera coming across from Hong Kong and Singapore and stuff like that as well. So you prebles and pertons coming across just for these carnivals it's just there's a lot of good jockeys out there yeah so uh from you know people at their absolute peak prime athletes and that's what jockeys are they're athletes to uh people that are just in absolute shambles Everton it's a mess do we have to talk about that it's an absolute mess but here's the upside it's post-managerial sacking honeymoon period. It's so surely off. we just jump on Everton now it for actually, the next three weeks. actually played it right this morning against Chelsea. Against the Chelsea third team. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, we're in strife. But do we jump on? No. So you don't believe in the honeymoon period? Sending up to Leicester, Shakespeare took over. They won the next, like, four games. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about... Obviously, Coman got the players offside from what I, from what I read with his tough measures and stuff like that he made them train Baz he made these multi-millionaires train yeah. how dare he yeah no, don't push them don't push them no, they're very very different people football players aren't they European footballers especially they just seem to as soon as something goes wrong in the, in a club it's the manager's fault and they all just revolt yeah and then like the new manager comes in they start training again yeah it's just a bizarre mindset to be like oh I have to have everything coming to me. You play for Everton. You're not going to win every game. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. You're not playing for, you know, one of the big powerhouse clubs. Get used to it. Work out, you know. If we finish sixth, that's a win. You're a professional footballer getting paid millions of dollars. Just do your job. Well, the good thing is uh, Europa's probably over for us pretty much now. So now you can just focus so on... Focus on the league and our squad's good enough. Hopefully January comes, we pick up a striker uh, and a few other depth players. But, yeah... Hopefully we survive relegation. Surely we don't get relegated. There's some much worse teams than you guys in there. But to be fair, if the, if the wheels absolutely fall off, you could be in for a very rude awakening. And we also are a generally slow starting team. If you go back through our history, yeah. we generally start slow and rocket home when we're out of every other yeah. race of competition. But yeah, it has been worrying because I was so, and I said this before the season started. It worries me that we're. Everyone's building us up. Yeah, you spent some school. dollars. We're going to finish top six. And then we've been shit, so... Yeah, that's why I said I'd, I'd probably put the Moz on here because, yeah, I was evident for top six easy and it's just not going to happen. Uh, also, the honeymoon period, I did some statistical research. Very short period. Usually in the last about six weeks and then teams that were, that were shit beforehand 
go back to being shit again. So play around with that maybe, but I don't think Everton hasn't done anything to make it look like it's a quick switch. It actually looks like a pretty deep and ingrained problem. So stay away from the toffee of mine. Speaking of teams that have a bit of an issue, Golden State Warriors aren't the uh, perfect team everyone thinks they are because they just they've, they've thrown the toys out the cot a couple of times already. They're probably four games into their season now and it's not all smooth sailing for the old front-running, downhill skiing Golden State Warriors. What happens when you put so many egos together? Oh, there are so many egos. Are there too many egos? That's, that's the hot take. There are, are there too many good players on the Golden State Warriors and it will affect their season? Yeah, well, you put too many egos together, it's going to blow up, isn't it? You need... You probably need one or two egos, but then yeah. you need people around them to, you know, keep them pretty on sort of solid ground. And you need your blue collar sort of way. It's like JWS. Yeah. They're all front run, and they sort of all front runs and stuff. But when it gets t- comes to getting hard and dirty, there's no blue collar. Yeah, no. Nah, and very, you can't have that in any team. No, nah, well, that's, that's very true. They've got about probably 10 front runners out of 15. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Be very interesting. They're obviously going to make the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, but. When it comes to, yeah, postseason, be very, very interested to see how they go. I saw Steph Curry throw his mouth. There you go, yeah. Throwing your mouth got at the ref. I've never seen him, like, blow up, blow a fuse. No, this is his second time probably, obviously, the, the off-season, but in the last 10 games he's played, I think he's thrown his mouth got three times. Yeah, so he's starting to... He's realised he's not the number one... Yeah. ...pot in the, you know, yeah. anymore, and he's starting to... Get pissed off about it. Yeah, he might leave. Yeah, maybe. Join LeBron. I don't think so. They gave him a max, the super max contract, one of the biggest of all time. So I don't think he's going away from the Warriors. Uh, how bad is it to throw your mouth guard at a ref? I reckon anything towards a ref that's... Um, like, it's not Marshall and Lynch. Who yeah, but... literally it, grabbed a ref. But, yeah, uh, anything like, like that towards a ref should be, yeah. You got suspended. So yeah. You should get suspended or in trouble because... Yeah. So you got fined 50k... Which for NBA players is not like that five much. Bucks, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, ejected from the game. But, uh, yeah, I think it deserved a suspension probably. It just doesn't... It's not, not a great look when you can... No, it's not. It. And we need refs to, for yeah. all levels of basketball. And, you know, when it's just, like, kids look up to him, they see that. How many kids have been doing that in the yeah. basketball court? It's like, seriously, come on, man. You're making that much money. Just deal with it. Yeah, chin up. So, from one American sport to the other, NFL... We've already mentioned in the uh, in the pre-pod prelude that uh, it's pretty hard to pick winners. Are there no good teams in the NFL? Well, I did a bit of research on this. So you said there's no good teams in the NFL. Yeah, no good teams. Well, that's that's the hot take. I think Philadelphia Eagles are flying under the radar. No, but Carson Wentz is their quarterback. You can't be a good team with Carson they're, Wentz as your quarterback. They're six and one. They're yeah, but five... that's just because you're six and one doesn't mean you're a good team. Yeah, but they're five and zip zip against their whole conference. Yeah, they're the only team to be that. Who's in that conference? In the whole oh, the whole conference, not, yeah. not in their division. Yeah, they're, they're three and zip in the division, but they're five and zip in the whole conference. No other team is, is like that in in the NFL. I don't, oh, and yeah, they're, and they're five and zip in their last five. Obviously, they, they lost the right one before that, but they're they're playing decent decent football, and you know they did really well last week. They went berserk. They did. I wouldn't be picking them for postseason. No, they're not going to the Super Bowl. No, but there's no, there's they're no, travelling really well. Yeah, but just because you're travelling really well at this stage of the season doesn't make you a good team. They're currently six and one. They could finish seven and five. This is what this is what the AFL is after. They, they want 
a competition like this where every team's like three and three or four and three. No, but there's a difference between every team being three and three and good versus every team being bad. I think the Patriots are still pretty good. They proved that. Are last. you kidding? They were pretty good. Have last you week. watched any NFL this year, mate? Yeah, I know the they stars. Had, they, 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 were good they don't la- have a defense. They were good last week. They don't have a defense. They weren't oh. good defensively last week. They're still. You got You just told. Just because you have Brady on the team and you can actually just just score bog point doesn't make you a good side. You just told me that you don't make a team in at five and two. Maybe they're doing a Hawthorne, just chilling out to round twelve, round thirteen. Oh, the Patriots will probably win the Super Bowl again because yeah. they have Brady and they have Belichick. Yeah, and I guess the players bright and fit. Steelers are doing all right. But no, but do you watch? Football. Yeah, I'm just saying the teams. The Steelers are doing all right because they've got a good for and against record. Doesn't mean they're playing good football. Yeah, but I'm just saying they're doing all right. But like, there has been no game. There's been very few games this year when you actually sit down, you watch a game, and go, "Oh, geez, this is actually quite good." There's two teams playing quite good football. It's it's been like, who are the good quarterbacks? Other than Brady, yeah, statistically Smith, yeah. I mean, he couldn't hack it last week against against the uh, Raiders. The, the Houston quarterback's been exciting to watch. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's being exciting, but he's he's not a. That's that's my problem here. So you can't. Usually, it's you know, there's about ten or eleven quarterbacks that are absolutely killing it. Yeah, because everything's a running back. As as shown no last week with the four completed passes against Carolina. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just when that it. happens and they can win, there are no good teams in the NFL. Oh, we'll, we'll see. There's six weeks in or seven weeks in. We'll keep going and find out. Uh, the last American sport, the MLB, there are two very good teams playing in this year's World Series. Yeah, it was a great game today. This is a very outdated uh, hot take because it's obviously made before today's game. I said pitching in the postseason is too good and it makes baseball games boring. Well, Kershaw probably broke his duck, I reckon, game one. He, 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 I thought it was all over. I just thought the Dodgers going to win this now. Yeah, because he that. pitched awesome. And he'll pitch again, and that's another win, guaranteed. Yeah. If he pitches like that, they, they, they won't get near it. Um, and then today, like, your pitching makes it fun because you're sitting on your edge of your seat the whole well, nine, Valano, 10, 11 well, innings. Well, when Valano went 3-7, I was like, oh, okay, this game's over as well. Yeah. So now we're going to have two all draw. When they'll both pitch twice, and then whoever marks up in the middle. But then it just went bonkers. Yeah, it was good. It was great to watch. And that's why pitching is important. That's why defense is important. Because it makes you sit on the edge of your seat, get excited. Because all it takes is one run to change it. Yeah. And then you watch the defense of the other team and the other team has to attack as well. Yeah, I reckon it's great for watching. Oh, no. I prefer that than 20 home runs a Oh, stage. definitely. 100%. But, you know, a one... Yeah. And, and this is the point. I don't actually believe in that hot take, but that hot take comes in every year when it's like, oh, this is too defensive heavy. It's too much in the favor of pitchers. It's like, no, well, you know, just banging out 20 home runs a game would also be boring. Yeah. The, the contest is what makes things exciting. So, and baseball, you know, you don't need to try and get more fans. You're already the most watched sport in the world. Like, yeah. everyone can relate to bat hitting ball. That's why cricket's kind of popular, but baseball's even simpler than cricket. It's literally just a bloke throws it, a bloke hits it, you run around some bases, you catch it with a glove. It's a pretty simple game to get into at a relatively simple level. So, Get aboard the postseason if you haven't already, and uh, hopefully the Astros make a little play for Lord Series. It's that time again, Baz. It's money making time. Feature bets for the weekend. Well, so we got. 
obviously Friday, Saturday night, we've got the Manicato on the Friday and Saturday Cox Plate. My, my main play will be Friday night, Vega Magic. Obviously, it's about two bucks, so it should win. Chichak was probably going to be up there as well, finish Stormy Home late. But the other one I really like at big odds, it's been 26, 30 bucks, is Rock Magic. We tipped it two weeks ago. And I don't know if you've been noticing lately, ladies and gents, but the horses I tip, if you follow them, they generally get up after three or four runs. So a few horses like Toes and Stardom and Furic and uh, the winner yesterday in the Geelong Cup, we've tipped probably two or three times previously. They always tend to get up. So just keep following them, watch them, see how they go, and hopefully get better odds next time if they don't win. But Rock Magic, we had a couple of weeks ago, it was my best bet, finished third. Didn't have the best start. Started, I think, as a slow start. Jumped a bit awkwardly. Came from second last. Ran on really well. Good good finish. Just got done by Super Cash and an illustrious lad. There was only 0.3 of a length between them. Sections were pretty good. Comes back to the Mini Valley. It probably should, even though it's from Barrier 7, should get a good sit. Probably uh, one back and out. So probably, you know, just sitting outside the speed. Hopefully, Vega Magic will just do its general thing and just go to the front and just have too much speed for more and Rock rock Magic and it peels off and runs second in a nice little exacta or just even for the place. But obviously, Chichaka will be charging home late. There'll be a bit of speed as well in this early with in her time as well. So, and maybe even just watch out for Vidora as well. Uh, Lord Kennewell has that horse flying. I think it ran second to, um, I can't remember, last last start in the other group one that they have at Mooney Valley in the Moya Stakes um, yeah, ran, ran second to She Will Rain which obviously went to the Everest and ran pretty well there as well so look out for that and it would be a well deserved uh, training victory if it won or came second again for Lord Kennewell and Bowditch has been riding an absolute peach lately and is really I think from the last 20 or so rides he's, he's won like 8 or 10, 9 or something like that so he's, he's in good form and around this time of year you want to follow jockeys in form so and on Saturday my main play will just be pretty much Winks will win but I think Royal Symphony will run second so exactly that Royal Symphony gets 59, uh, 49 and a half kilos so drops like 6 kilos obviously there'll be a bit of speed early in the race because horses will want to take on Winks Winks they won't just let it sit there and win. They'll be trying to put a bit of speed in early. That'll suit Royal Symphony. It'll get back, run on. The rails are true for both days as well, so it should play pretty evenly. It'll give him a chance to run down Winks, which it probably won't get there, but Royal Symphony has a really big future, and three-year-olds at 49 kilos have a pretty good record. Uh, Seamus Award, uh, Manhattan Rain, so you think, sort of thing. So, And then my... Probably my best value bet would be race 10, sell some more. So that ran in the guineas, ran on late. Two previous runs, again, gets back a bit, runs on for the Busseldon stable. Aloisa will be the favourite at $1.80, 2 bucks, But this thing's about 10 bucks, and I reckon could just be a sneaky run-on chance late on that's in the last at Mooney Valley on Saturday. So... That's how we play in trackside. There's a few others there. I've got about eight tips for the weekend, so I'll have them up and a few other exotics, and hopefully my little uh, run of form continues. Definitely. So uh, 
I've halted my run of form. I usually give you three NFL picks. This week's games, the buy the buy season's here. So there's six teams on by. Yeah. But it uh, means that there's not many great games of NFL on this weekend. And I have zero faith in any team covering any decent margin. So there's a couple of teams given, given up 11 points and 10 points. Not going anywhere near that based on this year's season. So I'm just going to be giving you my all-balls multi. And just for anyone playing at home, the all-balls multi is a very audacious bet. So mix and match however many ones you want. do a bit of your own research and see which ones of these you know I'm going to give you four for the weekend so you know do a couple of doubles do a couple of triples maybe even do a Yankee bet and take them all on you know all singles and doubles and triples and quads but yeah don't expect every four leg sports multi to get up that's a little bit silly but anyway on Friday night A-League action Sydney over Perth at home dollar fifty-three. Uh, Sydney haven't quite put it together yet but you know they're still winning games and drawing in the derby. So against Perth, travel, all those kind of factors. Sydney will be too good at home, and that's a good way to start your weekend. Then, uh, not much going on Saturday in terms of sport, really. But on Sunday, rugby league World Cup. This World Cup is the weirdest competition ever because it's just like teams who can play rugby league versus countries that don't even have footballs. Like Lebanon. But uh, no, not like Lebanon. Lebanon, they're my value bet. Really? So they're playing France on Sunday. France are ranked sixth in the world. But if you're ranked sixth in the world, it really means that, you know, you're better than all the other spots. Yeah. Funny thing about World Cup year is, is that a lot of people that play in the NRL and can't make it in the Australian team or the New, Ze- New Zealand team go somehow find, you know, oh, my great, great, great aunt used to live in Lebanon. I'll go play for Lebanon. Yeah. And so that's what they've done. So, you know uh, Mitchell Moses? Yep. Yeah, he's, he's starting for Lebanon. Oh, really? And uh, Robbie Farrell? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They're going to be the half combination oh, that's for pretty, Lebanon. That's pretty handy. That's pretty handy. Yeah. So, on that alone, really, um, add in a few more names like Michael Litcher, who plays for the Bulldogs, and Alex Twal, who plays for the Tigers. You've got four very, very handy first-grade NRL players taking on France who have 12 squad members who play for the Catalan Dragons. Yes, whilst France might have some uh, consistency from having essentially all of the Catalan Dragons playing for France, uh, I actually think the uh, just the quality a little, the quality alone of uh, Mitchell Moses and Robbie Farrar in the halves will see them get across, and they're paying uh, two bucks to do that. So cheeky, uh, cheeky little watch out on the Sunday afternoon, and it might actually be a decent game as well. So... Get some rugby league action in you. What will not be a decent game is what's happening later that evening, Monday, early morning, EPL action. Leicester are going, uh, playing at home, hosting Everton. And I'm just not going anywhere near Everton. So Leicester's giving up $2.10 at home. Well, we're shit, so. So just take it. That's all I've said. Everton are terrible. That's my notes. So uh, Foxes win that. $2.10 and then on to the NFL I found one game that I'm confident in because I'm going chips in on Big Ben again he hasn't let me down yet Pittsburgh are ranked 5th in offence and 2nd in defence 1st overall in DVOA you know how much I love that stat they're playing they're going away to Ford Stadium to play the Detroit Lions who are ranked 23rd in offence 7th in defence is impressive, but 23rd in offence is not good enough to rack up enough points against a very, very sturdy uh, Steelers defence. And 
they'll just do the same thing. Big Ben has openly said, I'm not really enjoying, you know, just checking the ball down, handing it off to running backs. But uh, when Bell is just racking up the yards, he's averaging 100 yards a game, which is more than some teams. Yep. Yeah, he's killed, he's killed me. He hasn't killed me yet, sorry, in fantasy, but I'm, I've now got the matchup coming. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely dominating, and he, him alone, just give him the pill. Uh, Stanford's actually doing all right. The Detroit quarterback threw for uh, 312 yards and three touchdowns uh, last time out. They had the bye last week. Uh, but he's also picked off three times. He does love to turn the ball over, and he gets absolutely smashed because the Lions' O-line is non-existent. And so, uh, yep, Steele's going to beat up old Stanford. He's going to throw some pick sixes. The Steele's going to run away with it. Levon Bell's going to score a touchdown. And they are paying $1.69 away, um, which is relatively short, but the best odds around. And if it all gets up and you roll it into a multi, that's $10.85 worth of value. But do yourself a favor, mix it, match it, play around with it, stake it out appropriately, and you should get up for the weekend. And hopefully you do. Beautiful. Well, I just got one other bet. I think Western Australia are clearly favourites to win the Shield this year. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, they're smashing Tassie, which won't be that hard. Most teams will do that this year. But any team that can leave out Klinger, Agar, and Berendorf in their team and still be very, very handy, uh, the team to beat for mine in the Sheffield Shield. That'd be, but hopefully you get around 4 to $5. The market's suspended, so I can't look at it now. But the, yeah, that'll be the team to beat. So get on them early before they start shortening right up. Fair enough. Let them shorten up, I reckon. That way the Vix odds just widen out a bit more and we just go back to back to back to back to back. Somebody bring me 